0: So I was driving for Lyft and Uber and then just a couple weeks, I kind of realized that there was just massive void of information out there. All these people were asking the same questions and all these people needed help with the same topics and everyone seemed interested in making more money. But there wasn't a single real authoritative source I could find, like a blog or a resource or even really a forum at that point.
1: Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Hey, everyone. Just a quick heads up that we're giving away an ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text QUICKTIPS to 33444, that's the word QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, and TIPS, T-I-P-S is in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. All right everyone, today we have a Harry Campbell who's the founder of the com, a blog and a podcast for rideshare drivers. Harry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
0: Sure. So I am actually a full-time entrepreneur and I guess you would say blogger. I don't really consider myself a writer, but I guess that's sort of what I am at this point. I love to create content and right now I work full-time on my blog and it's called The Rideshare Guy, as you mentioned. And it's basically a site that helps Uber, Lyft drivers, and a lot of other workers in the on-demand economy with everything from figuring out how to get started, how do they even accept a trip and kind of get on the road and what they need in that respect to more complex topics like insurance and taxes and also figuring out how to maximize your profits and really make the most amount of money that you can being an Uber or Lyft driver. And how did you come up with the idea, first of all? So... Basically, about two years ago, I was working full time as an engineer and I started, I just started hearing. I mean, I was taking Uber and Lyft as a passenger occasionally, and I started hearing from a lot of drivers that, hey, you should sign up. I didn't know why every driver was trying to convince me to sign up. And later, I found out that they got a huge referral commission basically from signing me up. But uh, at the time, I didn't realize it. But they were telling me about the earning potential, and I said, hey, you know, they're talking 30, 35 bucks an hour if you drive during certain peak hours and that was more than I was making during my day job and so I decided to give it a try and uh, started driving myself so I was driving for Lyft and Uber and then just a couple weeks I kind of realized that there was just massive void of information out there all these people were asking the same questions and all these people needed help with the same topics and everyone seemed interested in making more money but there wasn't a single real authoritative source I could find, like a blog or a resource or even really a forum at that point.
1: All right, that's awesome. And so, I'm assuming the majority of the revenue from your blog is it coming from people signing up for Uber? Is it some, or is it something else? Yeah. So, a majority of my revenue
0: actually comes from lead gen, right? So, signing up companies for right now, I'm promoting Uber, Lyft, Postmates, and DoorDash. The last two are actually food delivery services. So that's kind of where I started making a lot of my money. And then since then, I've kind of diversified into some of my own products and direct buys and affiliates and kind of all of your traditional online marketing stuff.
1: Okay. And how much do you make from a referral to like an Uber or Lyft?
0: Well, so the thing with the referrals is that it really varies depending on the city, depending on even the driver. I mean, for a while there, Uber was actually offering bonuses to Lyft drivers to come over and try out Uber, and that was five hundred dollars double sided. So you could imagine that if you get a few of those in a single month, I mean you're already in a, you know making a few thousand dollars. So it really varies, but it's anywhere from zero dollars all the way up to about five, six, sometimes even seven hundred dollars. So For me, the referrals have all, you know, the income kind of jumps around a little bit depending on the numbers, but they've always been pretty consistent for me, you know, in the $10,000 a month range or so, um, you know, over at least the past six to 12 months.
1: Awesome. And what kind of traffic are you getting right now and how much revenues are you generating per month from the blog? Yeah. So
0: right now, my site has been growing pretty rapidly. I quit my day job about a year ago to focus on the blog full time. And fortunately, it's turned out to be a pretty good move because my site has grown pretty rapidly during that time. And so I think over the past 30-day period, we're actually up to half a million page views a month right now. So it's definitely uh, seen a lot of growth. And then as far as revenue, like I said, it does vary a bit, but we're generally in the fifteen dollars to $20,000 a month range
1: Nice. Awesome. And I guess, you know, going back to the 500,000 page views per month, you know, what was the primary driver you think of of getting to that size audience?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think a lot of people often think that it's like one thing or one media feature or one avenue. But for me, I really can't, pinpoint any one specific thing i was doing i think it was really a combination of two or three big things and when i was first getting started with this site i think i did a good job at recognizing this opportunity right at the time uber was maybe worth 5 or 10 billion today they're worth 62 and a half billion but you know when i was first starting my blog it was a big thing but it wasn't kind of what it is today and i think that really what i started doing was just a real grassroots approach right i was interacting in facebook groups i was Going on forums because there weren't a lot of other blogs that I could guest post on. There weren't a lot of other podcasts that I could go talk to people about this. There wasn't really. There weren't a lot of other outlets kind of for me to network with, right? So I really had to start at more of a grassroots level, going into forums, going into Facebook groups, and just doing like thousands of one-on-one connections <laughs> with drivers, seeing them ask questions, responding to them with a Facebook message, and because you know, as anyone who's kind of tried to post in forums or anything like that knows that you can often and get in trouble for spamming and kind of if you're just posting links to your site. So that was really how I got started. And from there, I mean, I think that 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 kind of helped. Obviously, that wasn't sustainable. And when I started seeing the real kind of traffic increases, when I started getting into the 10,000 page views per day and up, it was kind of harnessing the power of the media and just my network of drivers. I mean, the community of drivers that, it's kind of hard to track the community side of things. But I mean, I, I kind of, the best example I give is like right now, if you send me an email and I tell my drivers this all the time, if you send me an email, you'll get a response from me. You won't get a response from my virtual assistant you won't get a response from someone else. You'll get a response from me, and it'll hopefully be pretty good. It might be brief, but you will get a response from me. And I think that's kind of a cool thing that, you know, if you email most bloggers that have that much traffic, they're probably not gonna respond to you.
1: So it sounds like the beginning portion, you were fairly scrappy. You talked about going to post on forums and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, what type of forums were you going to? Was it like Reddit or
0: yeah, so I mean, honestly, the best way to describe it is I was just super scrappy, right? When I was getting started, I kind of had the mentality, hey, I'm either going to make this, I'm going to do everything I can to make this work, or it's not going to work, right? I <laughs> I mean, it was something that I was interested in and passionate about. But I mean, I wouldn't be blogging today about rideshare if I, you know, if I wasn't making a full time living. And You know, So I was definitely willing to put in the work at the beginning and kind of where I looked is I was seeing, okay, I already knew that drivers were on Facebook. So I mean, finding them wasn't super challenging but it was just going into all these Facebook groups. I mean, I have spreadsheets from when I was first doing all this of every single Facebook group I could find. Going into Reddit, there started to be a big Uber driver community on Reddit and the traffic on Reddit was like pretty surprisingly high. And then I found one rideshare specific forum called Uber People that started popping up and there started being a lot of traffic there. So I started going over there and helping people. So that was really kind of what, you know, when I was first getting started, I'm talking to all these people. And once I started getting a few media mentions, um, I even started doing a lot of kind of, I would almost call it like self-promotion on my personal Facebook page, right? I'm basically telling all of my friends, you know, what I thought about and I kind of stumbled upon this is that, you know, basically I was kind of telling all my friends, hey, look at me. I'm kind of starting to become a little bit of an expert, a little bit gain some traction in this industry because I know that all my friends are out there. Like I'm talking about just like my random friends from college, life, high school that I'm friends with on Facebook. And now when they go into their Uber rides, because a lot of my friends were taking Uber rides, they're asking their driver, hey, have you heard of the rideshare guy? And I actually, especially at the beginning, I got a bunch of messages from drivers who said, hey, I heard about it from your friend. And the friends that they were hearing about it were guys and girls that I hadn't talked to in years. So I thought, that was pretty cool too. All
1: right. That's awesome. Now I I wanna I wanna backtrack a little bit. I mean Mm -hmm. one thing that that I'm thinking about is the the communities because a lot of people, you know, when when they think about posting to like a Reddit or Facebook group, you can't be too self-promotional. So you know I'm trying to think, you know, what were you doing exactly? Were you just responding to people and then sharing links to your blog posts? How exactly were you sneaking your blog posts or whatever links you had? Uh, how were you sneaking those in without coming off as a, a really you know a, a person that's too self promotional? Yeah, definitely. And I mean,
0: like to tell you the type of person that I am. I mean, I experimented with it a bunch and I got in trouble a bunch of times for posting <laughs> links to my site because I thought I was providing value. And I, I mean, I knew that my articles were valuable, but even though I was kind of sharing them in that self promoting type of way, people didn't like it. So what I did a lot was basically responding to people's questions and then you know kind of like joining in discussions and providing a lot of value without even ever mentioning my site or linking my site and then sending them a personal message but at the same time I was also doing stuff that I mean is pretty much you would call gray hat I mean I had my virtual assistant going out and making accounts you know on like Reddit and forums and she would go out and do a bunch of posts and then she would post a link to my article so I mean you know there was definitely for me I kind of looked at it like hey I'm going to be a scrappy as I, can be. I don't think everyone would go out and do that because some people might consider it too spammy of an approach. But for me, I, was, you know, I wasn't just relying on that. I was doing literally everything I could because I wanted to make it work and I was going to like kind of, you know, within reason, go to all costs to make it work.
1: Okay. Now, was there any type of breakdown in terms of, you know, some people say, you know, when you go to Reddit or whatever, um, you know, you're looking to add value maybe four times. So, you know, jab, 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 right hook, right? Did you you have any ratio where it's like, you know, four things you shared, one thing self-promotional or was there just straight, you know, trying to, you know, Make as many accounts as you want. No,
0: I mean I didn't do this a lot. I mean I honestly probably made just a few accounts and then did it, but um, you know because eventually it kind of then that becomes spammy. But it's basically you know like a ratio that I used was like five to one or ten to one. And, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, it worked pretty well, because I think that at the end of the day, like the content that I was doing, I knew was good. And obviously, I'm a little bit biased. But, you know, I was answering, I was, so, I was doing a ton of research and seeing what people were asking questions about. And then I was going out and answering these questions with articles. And so it was just like getting that information in front of people in a way that didn't appear spammy. So for me, you know, I didn't really have a problem with it because I, I felt strongly that I was providing really good content and it turned out that i was sort of right
1: (laughs) okay great so give us an idea of what your your content production process looked like to get to that 500k page views per month you know how much content were you uh, on your site how much content were you producing per month and we can also include the podcast episodes as well yeah
0: definitely so i mean i think what a lot of bloggers kind of make the mistake of at first is just taking on too much. And so I've actually been blogging for about four or five years now. I started with a personal finance blog that never really took off, but it was just more of a hobby. It was something I was really interested in and I would do two to three posts a week. But a lot of people don't realize, I mean, doing two to three posts a week is challenging for years at a time, right? One, six months, three to six months might work out. A lot of bloggers get burnt out at the start. you are going out and creating content and content generally doesn't make you much money, right? It's all the ancillary products and everything that you can sell your community based off of that. So for me, it was I I had a lot of I kind of knew that I had to pick a schedule that was sustainable. And I needed to if I was going to hire people to get people that could produce good content, but also could be consistent. So for me, I started by doing three articles a week, myself, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And within a couple months, I had basically got two guys, Basically two of my friends who who wanted to just kind of were really interested and passionate and these were both drivers one guy I knew personally and one guy I had just met from talking to on the internet a lot and basically they just started writing for me for free because they were so passionate about the industry and we got to the point that eventually I started paying them but in the past year we basically are now super consistent producing four articles a week, one podcast every two weeks, and two YouTube videos every single week. So as far as my content strategy, I think it's just been consistency in the past week. I mean, I think we've hit those numbers. I mean, the YouTube videos, I might not hit two every single week. There might be a week every month or two where I don't. But for podcasts and articles, I've basically been able to stay on that schedule for over a year and a half right now.
1: That's what it's all about when it comes to the content. You got to stay consistent. and The fact that you've done it in a year and a half is is pretty amazing. You know, most people we're talking, you know, it takes, you know, 2 to 3 years to really get this thing going and it's just patience at the end of the day and consistency. Yeah. And I mean,
0: I'd love to add one thing because I think that for me, you know, it, I think a, what I've kind of had good success with is finding business opportunities or blogs or whatever it is to about things that I'm passionate about, right? If I'm out there writing about like mattresses or hunting knives or something that I have no interest in, writing a year or two years worth of articles, even if it's one a week, is going to be pretty much impossible. For me, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't grow up thinking that I'd be a rideshare blogger, but I was really fascinated by the industry and tech and the startup scene. And I was getting this huge taste of it. So for me, like even when I go out and create content, I mean, someone asked me last night, like, how do you come up with articles to write? Do you ever run out of stuff? And I'm thinking, dude, I have a list at home of like a hundred topics that I want to write about that are all, you know, like I don't have enough time to write for me. So that's a problem I have right now.
1: Right. I think it's a good problem to have, uh, to have that backup and then, you know, maybe bring on some more people later. But I want to dig a little deeper for a second. Sure the articles that you're putting together you know how many words are your articles approximately mm-hmm. um, and how much are you paying the writers right now per article
0: yeah so right now my articles i try to keep them in the 1000 to 2000 word range I have a bad habit of writing articles that are too long. So occasionally I'll do two to three thousand word articles. And I think I said occasionally, but I'd say probably more often than not, I personally do two to three thousand word articles. My writers are almost always in the one to two thousand word range. And right now I'm paying most of them seventy-five to a hundred bucks an article just for the content creation, although I do have a couple of my writers now starting to help out with a lot of advertising work and partnership type stuff, and I pay them probably a lot more than, you know, kind of comparatively for that type of work.
1: Awesome. Now, how big do you think this community is? Do you have any estimates?
0: I mean, so as far as the numbers that Uber has released, so officially they said that they have 400,000 drivers in the U.S. as of a few months ago, but a year before that or even I think nine months before that, they only had 160,000. So you can see right there that they're growing, you know, one, 200% worldwide. They supposedly have 1.1 million drivers and that's just Uber. So you can imagine that there's also Lyft that has a bunch of drivers and I've also started covering a lot of the other ancillary service like Postmates and DoorDash where people are starting to deliver food. And so I think Uber is by far the kind of the driver and the main player. But I mean, it's pretty crazy just to think about like not only the total number, but also the potential of how many, you know, how much bigger it can get
1: too. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, with DoorDash, Postmates, Lyft, Uber, they're all competing for, you know, these drivers. And I'm just wondering, you know, what's going to happen at the end of the day? Because, you know, DoorDash, are they just going to be focused on food? Probably not because there's just so much more you can do with the driver. But anyway, that's that's a separate topic. (laughs) But so in terms of revenue breakdown, can you give us like a percentages of, of, you know, kind of where your revenue is coming from right now yeah sure so basically
0: about half or just a little bit over half of my revenue um so about ten thousand bucks a month is coming from the driver referrals so signing up people for uber lyft postmates doordash and then kind of after that so that was really for me i was kind of lucky to get in because within three to six months i started making a little bit of money off of that and it kind of kept me going and now over the past year though especially since i left my job to do this full-time i kind of looked at it like, these driver referrals are great, but I'm super dependent on all of these companies. What if they stop getting funding or what if they stop wanting to pay such crazy high bonuses for all these drivers? I'm going to be making no money. And so that's when I really started kind of, you know, like I think a lot of people early on, they start getting, you know, they might mess around with like a hundred dollar advertising deal or $200 here and there when their audience size is small, but growing. And for me, I kind of almost took the opposite approach. Like I didn't even talk to any advertisers or anyone like that. That wasn't like a super easy, low-hanging fruit until much later on, until I was already up in the one 200,000 page views a month range. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, in the past year I really started any company that was trying to focus on independent workers or focus on rideshare drivers those were the companies that I started interacting with and those were the companies I started doing a lot of direct advertising with so everything from banner ads to sponsored posts guest posts you know so I have a newsletter or you know like my daily email that I send out Monday Wednesday Friday Saturday and I include a little box at the top where I sell advertising space all of those type of direct buys that aren't necessarily CPA based I started doing a lot of direct advertising with those types of companies and that makes up about 20% of my income and then I also launched a video training course for drivers so this is basically exactly what it sounds like it's a course that you know is walks you through everything from getting started and set up to being a driver to like more advanced stuff like insurance and taxes and how to navigate that and really maximize your profits and figure out like all of the strategies that I've learned from driving and all the strategies that I've learned from talking to other drivers, interviewing drivers. That's what the course does. And then kind of the other major source of income is kind of a cool one because it's really unique. It's an insurance marketplace that I created. So for rideshare drivers, they actually need this special addendum to be a rideshare driver and it's very new and 90% of drivers don't have it. So it's this huge market and for insurance it's a product that has high commissions and so we actually were able to source it's a resource we created that says which states have rideshare insurance and then also within those states which companies offer rideshare insurance so for example in california there's only five companies that do it but in a state like florida right now there's no companies that do it so you can imagine that like the resource in general is very valuable to people because we keep it up to date and then we started recommending agents and these agents will pay anywhere from 50 or 100 bucks a month to three or four hundred dollars a month to be listed on that page depending on their city and kind of their state you know and the traffic that they're getting from us
1: Awesome. Now, where do you see the business going? I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, Mm -hmm. you can go in any different direction right now. There's the referrals that you have your own product and things like that. What do you think has the biggest growth opportunities for you moving forward? Yeah, you know that's a good question. I guess one thing I'm really
0: focusing on going forward is figuring out because I mean I, I I like selling the course and you know doing the product side, but at the same time I've always felt a little bit bad like charging my readers ninety seven dollars for a video course. I think there's a ton of value in the course, but at the same time if I can find products or if I can create advertising opportunities that allow my readers to basically pay for services or sign up for services and it doesn't cost them much or things that they would have had to do anyways and I can get paid. That's kind of always what I'm looking for. So for me, I really like the marketplace model that I created for insurance. So I'm really looking into with one of my advertising guys, we're really looking into creating kind of these more like resource type pages where we can create a marketplace out of it. So for example, one that we're looking into right now is the car space. And this is, you know, obviously you have to kind of tailor this to your industry. So we tried this with insurance. It worked really well. That page is now making us $3,000 a month. And all we're doing is just renewing agents every two to three months. So it's very little work and very high revenue. And so we're kind of taking that model and we're thinking about applying it to cars, right? Cars are a product. I mean, cars are expensive, right? So you can imagine the commissions buying, selling, leasing cars, even repairs and maintenance, right? There are a lot of these, there are a lot of on-demand companies. There's a company called Honk right now that does like roadside assistance on demand so there's all these companies revolving around vehicles that have higher commissions so we're thinking about kind of creating a marketplace that's similar and listing options for buying selling leasing roadside assistance and that so i think that's kind of as far as revenue i think that that's like the biggest opportunity for growth is creating figuring out these products they're going to net us a lot of money or you know not net us a lot of money but our high commissionable products basically and kind of Promoting and pushing those and making that into a resource.
1: The hardest thing, in my opinion, is is building that audience and keeping them engaged. Yeah. And and once you do that, you can do whatever you want because they trust you and they like you and they'll they'll keep coming back. Um, Definitely. And that, a lot of people, you know, struggle with that. So I guess you know, looking at you guys are probably making around a, maybe a little over two hundred k right now in 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 revenues. Yeah, a little under that, but yeah, around. I
0: mean, and obviously it shifts from month to month,
1: but yeah, around there. Okay, and so what's the plan right now? Is the plan to continue to invest in growth? What's the plan is it to make this thing really big or is it, you know, to cash flow other ideas? I
0: mean, honestly, like I am a big fan of like the lifestyle business and for me, like, you know, I've had opportunities to really go out and like I could go out right now and try to hire one or two or three guys and like really just go all out. But for me, like I really enjoy kind of seeing like a moderate pace of growth, basically. I'm not looking for like the, you know, like obviously the more I grow the better, but at the same time, like I also like value a lot of things in my personal life and from having worked with a lot of startups and consulting and, you know, meeting with a lot of startups, you know, these guys are all working like 14 to 15 hour days and although they love what they do, they're very (laughs) tired. Now, I don't think that's sustainable. So for me, it's about building something that can grow sustainably that, um, you know, allows me to really turn my blog into more of a business, Right. I mean that's one of the things I'm super interested in because I don't have a lot of experience. I have a lot of experience running a blog, but turning that into a business, hiring people, putting systems in place so that if I go leave and do a consulting gig for a week, my blog will still, you know, nothing will remain changed. It'll still make money, it'll still produce really good content. That's what I'm really interested in and seeing that kind of growth.
1: I love it. And Harry, how old are you? I'm twenty nine right now. Okay. We're the same age. Well, what's one piece of advice you give
0: to your twenty two year old self? You know, I think one piece of advice that I'd give is to just do it. <laughs> and I guess I kind of stole that slogan from Nike. But at the same time, I think a lot of people research and a lot of people think about things. And like it always pays to do your due diligence, right? To do a little bit of research, to look it up and to figure things out. But at the end of the day, like if something's important to you, you got to have to go out there and do it, right? Like, and I guess I kind of use experience from my own past, like starting blogs. I mean, I, you know i could kind of read about it and figure you know kind of learn from all of these great podcasters and bloggers but at the end of the day like i learned probably 90% of what has made me successful by going out and doing it having failures right i've started three other sites that did really poorly and i ended up closing shop right but one actually made it right so it's kind of just like thinking about taking the bull by the horns and going out there and doing it
1: yeah, like Mark Cuban says, you know, with, uh, with with the game of business, all you need to do is you need to just get it right once. So you can fail as many times as you want. You can hit it once, you're good to go. Yeah, I've never heard that, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great short read. Uh, it's just a compilation of his blog posts. Awesome. And so, what's one productivity hack you can share with everyone? You know, one productivity hack that I can
0: share is, and it's honestly, it's kind of an obvious one, but I don't see many people doing it. I turn off every notification. Imaginable. Like I, you know how apps all have notifications and instant alerts. Like I literally turn every single one of those off. I don't get Facebook alerts. I don't get Snapchat alerts. I don't get Instagram alerts, even stuff for my business. I don't get email alerts. So I mean... Basically, you know what I've found is like, and you know, a lot of people have talked about this, but you know, as far as batch processing, right? If you're going to sit down and do emails, you want to do ten to twenty emails, you know, you want to do them in groups, right? As opposed to responding to one individually every five minutes. So for me, I think like just getting rid of all notifications, and that's kind of like the opposite of what the app developers want. But for you, I think it's just like it saves me a ton of time, and also just like a lot of wasted time too.
1: I can one thousand percent agree with that. I don't know who I picked that up from, but I, I, I think a couple of years ago I just started removing all notifications. I think I heard that on a Pat Flynn podcast about I it, like, yeah, email yeah.
0: inbox zero a while ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the no, when I look at my friends' phones, you know, the notifications just keep going off. They keep checking it. Yep. It's just like, dude, you're, you're being controlled by the phone. Yeah. All right. Well, Harry, what's one must-read book you recommend to everyone?
0: One must-read book. I, so I just finished this one, and I actually liked it a lot because it's a little bit more of like talking about traditional business, The E Myth Revisited. So it talks a lot about like kind of the franchising model and how to create a business that can be replicated, kind of just exactly what I talked
1: about, so that you know you don't always have to be there, and not everything depends on you for the business to survive. Great book. Now, Harry, this has been fantastic. What is the best way for people to find you online?
0: Well, I'd say for all of your podcast listeners, the First and easiest way, I actually have a podcast myself where we do talk about a lot of uh, issues related to rideshare and tech and we're interviewing people all across that industry. So if you have any interest in anything like self-driving cars or robots or anything like that, (laughs) we kind of cover all of that on my podcast. And then I'm pretty easy to find. My email is harry at therideshareguy.com or you can find me on my website, therideshareguy.com. All right, Harry, thanks so much for doing this. Awesome, thank you very much for having me on, Eric. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called Twenty Nine Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text Quick Tips to three three four four four. That's the word Quick Q U I C K and Tips T I P S is and sugar to three three four four four, and you get instant access.